You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Clemson Nation, and welcome into the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Happy Wednesday. Hopefully you're having a great day today. We've got a doozy of a show for you today. We're going to be talking all things Sugar Bowl preview. I had the pleasure of joining two awesome guests on their show, and I'm going to give you some of that on my show. We're going to talk about the Sugar Bowl. First up, today's episode, I had the pleasure of joining Ben Stevens of the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. We talk about uh, some offense and defensive things, and we give a prediction in the game. And then in the second segment and third segment, I'm going to give a snippet of the full preview that I had with Jay Stevens, the monster, the madman himself over at Locked on Buckeyes. We talk all things Ohio State Clemson. We, we get into the offense. We get defense. We get granular. Talk about how Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is sunshine. You know, we're going to keep hearing that. Uh, we're going to have a great show for you today. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert. That's E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T. For more conversation, we'd love to have you. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Clemson podcast. That way you can get the episodes as they drop five days a week. You don't want to miss a single one except this Friday because, hey, it's New Year's and we're going to be watching the game together. I'll probably give you something on Saturday just to give you uh, my thoughts on what's happening with the game, no matter how it goes. But we're all rooting for the Tigers in this one. Again, stick around. we got a great show. First up, Ben Stevens. Let's go. And now to give us the outlook of the number two team in the land, the Clemson Tigers for New Year's Day's Sugar Bowl. It is Ellis Tolbert. He is the host of Locked On Clemson, providing us the outlook of how Dabo Sweeney and company head into the college football playoff semifinal. Ellis, glad to have you on the podcast, making your Locked On Big Ten debut. Pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate you having me on. So let's get right into it. As I mentioned, Clemson, of course, ranked second in the country, 10 and one record, the ACC champions. And we all know about the loss to Notre Dame about midway through that season, but without Trevor Lawrence. And since Trevor Lawrence has been back, Clemson is rolling three straight wins, including that ACC conference championship and Trevor Lawrence himself over that three game span, 306 passing yards per game, five touchdowns through the air, three rushing touchdowns as well. It seems like this Clemson team is rolling at the right time heading into the CFP semi. Ellis, if you had to rank it on a scale of one to 10, where does this team stand right now? At this point, I would say an honest eight. Um, At one point, I think Clemson was probably teetering close to nine, nine and a half. They were playing Georgia Tech, putting up a lot of points. Everybody was super excited about that. Then you had Trevor go down with COVID, two-game skid there. You mentioned being out for Notre Dame and Boston College. Really, really hurt Clemson. I think they took a dive in that area. But coming back, I think once you got him back, you had the week off. You did not get to play Florida State. Had another week to really game plan, reflect, uh, and, and do all the things that he did necessary. This team has started to peak again, and we saw a little bit about that. Uh, in the ACC championship game. I I think they're going to carry that over into this Sugar Bowl. A lot has been made leading up to this Sugar Bowl with the talk coming out of Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney and some Ohio State fans not exactly loving what Dabo has to say. Ranking Ohio State 11th in his final coaches poll, he also said earlier this week he still considers Ohio State one of the best teams in the country and a team capable of beating Clemson and winning a national title. What have you made of all this surrounding talk around the bowl game this Friday? There's two sides of this. It's a very good question. Uh, the one side, you have Dabo going out there saying he put them at 11 because the clarification was they did not play enough games. He said it didn't matter if it was Michigan or USC or anyone else. He didn't think that if you did not play enough games, say 10 or 11 games like everyone else did, quote unquote, uh, he thought that you did not deserve that. 
He understands that Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country. But I think from a coach's poll standpoint, he was just think not thinking anything. Hey, this won't matter. It is what it is. The other side of that makes me feel like it's one of those, um, I, I guess you could say bravado, confidence. Mm-hmm. He feels like, hey, I put them there. I know that this is going to get out there. Maybe I'm signaling to someone, this is why we're saying this. We think that we're a better team and we're going to have a great game against Ohio State. Listen, Dabo loves to talk and hype up his Clemson Tigers. He often goes out and tries to build narratives around a Clemson team that has been ranked at the top of college football for the last couple of years. And he often says they don't get the recognition they deserve. If it is what Dabo does. It doesn't surprise me heading into this matchup. But Ohio State, on the other hand, has circled this game ever since last year's 2019 semifinal loss. They posted up the 29 to 23 score in their weight room all offseason. They have been looking for revenge against Clemson. What do the Tigers make of this matchup against Ohio State? I think it's keeping the tradition of winning. <laughs> I think the goal for Clemson has always been win the opener, win the state, win the conference, win the closer. So it doesn't matter who's in the way. It could have been Texas A&M or anyone. Their mindset is win this game because they want to get to the closer, whatever the closer may be. Um, now they know just as much as Ohio state knows (laughs) Ohio state loses this game last year. And they're saying, we're going to circle it. We're ready. You've heard a lot of talk out of coach day. Some of the players saying, Hey, we're ready for this game. I've been preparing for this game since last year, but so is Clemson. I think they come into this game thinking, Hey, a lot of people thought that we shouldn't have won that game. There's a lot of controversy with calls from the refs. Um, a lot of plays that happen here and there, you know, the football move with Justin Ross, a lot of people were upset about that. I think this year is a leave no doubt year for the Tigers. Right. They want to come in and really make a statement. As we dive into the X's and O's of Friday's Sugar Bowl, what is a key matchup that you are highlighting? You think Clemson might be able to take advantage of against the Buckeyes? Right now, I'm going to say the Clemson defensive front seven against the Ohio State offensive line. I feel like all year Ohio State's having to bring in different personnel packages to be able to mitigate some of the pass rush from other schools. Justin Fields holds on to the ball a little bit. We know that he's an elite quarterback, but sometimes he gets baited into situations where he's holding on to it to make a play. Clemson can get adequate pressure and be able to you know, make them have to take away a tight end and Ruckert or Farrell, bring them in to block, have six people along the line. I think Clemson could win this game uh, pretty comfortably early on if they can get that pressure. Ellis, you are a college football guy. I'm sure you've been seeing Justin Fields this year. And in two of his most recent three matchups, he has struggled. What do you make of the Ohio State quarterback heading into the Sugar Bowl against a vaunted Clemson defense? I just think it's film. Everyone goes through this. We saw it a little bit with Trevor Lawrence last year. Uh, You know, first year coming in for all intents and purposes, Justin Fields is a junior, uh, but he's only been starting for one year, one year and six games to be exact, 20 games. Uh, I think it's one of those deals where people just have film on him. Now, you know what he's going to do. You know what his tendencies are. And some of the schools in the big 10 were able to work on that. Plus this year is a wacky year. It's a COVID year. Uh, I think things have just not really been in his favor. However, he's still passing for about 72%. Uh, So the guy is really good. I think coming into this game, if he has an off night, kind of like he did against Northwestern, that could bode terribly for Ohio State. But I imagine with all the hype going into this game, with all what's online for this Ohio State team and the respect that you mentioned earlier, I I just have a hard time feeling like he's not going to have a great game in this one. So let's dive into the score prediction for Friday's Sugar Bowl. What is your score prediction, Ellis Tolbert, for Friday's Sugar Bowl between Clemson and Ohio State? Clemson covers this. 
with a little bit more. I'm going to say 38-24 Tigers. 38-24 Tigers. That would be a pretty decisive win for Clemson, would set them up for most likely, we think, a national title bout against Alabama. Ellis Tolbert, the host of Locked On Clemson. I hope you felt this was a friendly atmosphere, although you are talking to a Big Ten podcast previewing Friday's Sugar Bowl. Oh, yeah, definitely. You guys are professionals. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. Again, you know, it's nothing personal. I just feel like in this season, in this moment, what we've seen last out of these teams, I feel like they're both heading in different trajectories. I, I have the Tigers winning. I would have to agree with that. If you look at the conference championship games between both teams, although both victorious heading out of their conference with a title, it seems they're heading in different ways into the Sugar Bowl. We will see how it plays out on Friday. Ellis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Shout out to my main man, Ben Stevens, over at the Locked On Big Ten podcast. He always comes with the heat. If you want to know anything about the Big Ten, he's got you covered. Uh, Go check out the episode. He's got some great nuggets over there you want to check out if you have any questions. Uh, And he's awesome. But before we get to the next interview, let me tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, it tastes like a candy bar. You won't even know the difference. They've improved the flavor of Built Bars. It's even more delicious now. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. You'll love that. They've got six new flavors that I have been digging on so far. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, Lemon almond cheesecake, that sounds so good. Uh, Carrot cake and apple almond crisp. That goes along with their 12 original flavors that are just to die for. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they are super soft and easy to chew. Let me tell you something else about these. They're healthy for you. Yes, that's right. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal that I know that you are. And it's going to help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. You know you want that. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. That's a great combination for the keto diet. Let me tell you about a flavor profile of one. Let's go with the, let's just say flavor profile of cookies and cream. It's got 17 grams of protein. That's a lot, right? 17 grams of protein is going to get you going. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. And let me tell you about this deal that you'll get right now. If you go ahead and scoop it up, They'll give you a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So you want to make sure you get that. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off of your next order and that cooler at BuiltBar.com. We've got some big games coming up this weekend, and betting on the Clemson Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. We're all in here at Locked On Clemson. Thanks for sticking with us. Now we're going to transition over to a portion of the interview that I had with Jay Stevens from the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Awesome guy. We're going to have fun with this one. Uh, If you want to hear the full episode, the full, the full thing. Make sure you go over to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. As soon as you're done with this one, uh, we talk offense, defense, everything you can think of. We get it done. And then I'll have a little bit more, my final closing thoughts on Thursday. Like I said, we're not going to have the episode on Friday. So I'll give you everything that we need to know before going into the game. Uh, I don't want to keep you waiting anymore. Let's go. And joining us now here on Locked On Buckeyes, it is Wednesday, and we are preparing and getting ramped up for the big matchup on Friday against the Clemson Tigers. We have Ellis Tolbert, the host of Locked On Clemson. Ellis, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Thank you for having me on here. No problem, man. No problem. Ellis, let's start here. I know it's the end of the season, but I know there are people that will be listening to this 
episode that know nothing about the Clemson Tigers. So I'm curious if you were to describe the Tigers football team this year to somebody that knows nothing about the team, how would you describe them? I I would say steady at this point. I think this year, as we all know, and you guys know for sure, it's been one rough, rocky year. A lot of things uh, left and right happening. It's a COVID year. Uh, But I think this team, even with the loss at Notre Dame in November, they were able to come back, bring it together, uh, and and really show that they're able to get back on track. And and that's what we want to see. This team is good with uh, resolve and adversity. I think when you watch this game, you're going to see a team that's determined to stay the course. What makes this team as steady as they are? I think it's the leadership. I think you have uh, veteran leadership on both sides of the ball. You've got Trevor Lawrence on the other, on the offensive side of the ball. You've got Travis Etienne, two guys who've been there for a long time. And the cast around them, a lot of upperclassmen guys like Cornell Powell. He's going to be a fifth-year senior. Amari Rogers. You go to the other side of the ball, you've got Jamie Skalski, which is essentially the quarterback of the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then you've got Nolan Turner, a guy who will not be playing in the first half of this game. So we'll talk about that a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, but I just think all of those things coupled with having a very consistent and steady coaching staff, there's no changes, there's no you know, mistakes here and there. I, I think that's what's got this team to be so steady, not just this year, but over the last decade. You mentioned the Notre Dame game and there was a bounce back and I, there are people that were saying Notre Dame beat Clemson. Clemson was down uh, the, uh, I almost said sun, Sunshine, that's a big name, that's what I call them all the time. Uh, they're, down, they're down Trevor Lawrence, they had a, a true freshman quarterback come in who played phenomenal throughout the game, but no quarterback, That Notre Dame won the game. Clemson did go on the road, pushing to overtime, but there were other losses in that game other than Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, that kind of were part of the reason that Notre Dame kind of, you may want to say, had the upper hand and were the aggressor throughout the game and ultimately came out victorious. What changes, aside from the additions or players that missed the game, I think there were three key players on defense that weren't there, but what changes from that moment after that game uh, to the most recent time they played Notre Dame, what changed between that part, that game in the middle of the season and the most recent game the two teams played? I think it was uh, a combination of Trevor Lawrence being out, those players being out, and just the confidence of going into this game. You're going into South Bend, one of the most historic stadiums in college football, playing a team that's top four. It's a big-time game. You know, you had a little bit of a rough go of it with Boston College the week before. You wanted to see what's going to happen. But I think ultimately what ended up happening, the reasons why this happened, you mentioned DJ Uyunglele, backup quarterback for Clemson. He's a true freshman. He was already playing a little banged up. He got hurt in the Miami game earlier in the year. Was not He was just not ready to run the ball. So I think the difference with offensive side of the ball is Trevor Lawrence is able to run that RPO, the zone read, a little bit more precise than a guy like DJ. He's been in the system for three years. He's one of the best quarterbacks in college football, if not the best quarterback. Um, certain things that Clemson did in this game, of course, they were throwing the ball all over the place, but they were unable to run the ball. Uh, they just couldn't get anything going. And then also I, I felt like that impacted the offensive line. Uh, and the last drive, Clemson had a shot to win this game in regulation, but they were unable to just get that first down because they were unable to run. Uh, I think that really changed when you saw Notre Dame the, the second time. They were able to run uh, with, uh, with uh, Trevor Lawrence. He was able to hold that end a little bit longer than usual just because he can read the defense a little bit faster. And on the defensive side of the ball, you had guys like Tyler Davis, integral defensive lineman for Clemson. Uh, you had Jamie Skalski, who I mentioned earlier, is the quarterback. He is the guy that's a hammerhead shark. <laughs> he's able to get through the traffic, and he's also the communicator of the defense. He's able to get guys lined up. And then you were also missing Mike Jones, who is that uh, nickel sand type body that can keep up with some of the faster and better tight ends out there. 
you had those guys back. You were able to stop the run. That's going to be an important thing for Clemson in this game if they want to win. They have to stop the run. The quarterback. Let's start with the offense here quickly. A little breakdown of the offense, breakdown of the, of the defense of the Clemson Tigers. The quarterback. Sunshine, I call him. Nickname. I mean, you look at him. Looks like he's right out of Remember the Titans, a movie. Um, yeah. Almost like it's a splitting image of Sunshine in that movie there. Um, what makes him so special? You know, the funny thing about uh, Sunshine is that that guy's name was Ronnie Bass, and he actually yeah. played for South Carolina. So <laughs> we hate South Carolina. We're just going to go with that. But uh, um, what makes him different, again, is just his ability to be a third-year player in this program, in this scheme. Um, he's seen it all. He's done it all. He's got a quick release, very you know, unprecedented arm string. Um, and he's able to run. I think everyone found out that Trevor Lawrence, including Clemson fans, that Trevor Lawrence can run against Ohio State last year in the Fiesta Bowl. We didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Very true. Bringing a guy like that who has the confidence to be able to make throws in tight windows. And I'm not just talking college windows, NFL windows, which is why everyone's saying he's an NFL ready quarterback. Having that confidence to be able to make those plays, uh, be able to dictate things going on. He's a pre-snap guy as well. I know Justin Fields is kind of like that, too. That makes a difference for Clemson, not only just in the passing game, but it also helps a guy like Travis Etienne out, especially in the zone read game. Ellis, when I watch this team play, the Clemson Tigers, they they're very confident, and I don't just mean confidence from an arrogant sense. No, they're conf- they're a confident football team. And Ellis, it surely seems like the confidence you're speaking about, Trevor Lawrence has that confidence just is poured out and is dumped into the other players, not just on offense, but on defense as well. And everybody kind of has the same confidence that Trevor Lawrence has, not just in themselves, but also in their teammates that the people around me, my boys, primarily on the offense right now, we can move the ball. And they're, they're kind of almost a splitting image of Trevor Lawrence, but that confidence that he, that he has else is really seen in every player that's on that offense while they're on the field. Yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, he's just one of those guys that if you're a defensive player, you know that, hey, we got a three and out. He's going to help us out. We're, you know, he's going to go out there, put points on the board, make it easier for us. Um, if we need to sustain or drive, he's going to go out there and put it for us. We have that confidence with a guy like Trevor. We didn't have that with DJ. Again, we talk about a kid who for, for two, two games played this year as a starting quarterback almost has a thousand yards passing. Um, <laughs> but he just doesn't have that same kind of command of not only the offense, but the team. Uh, which is why it's important you keep Trevor Lawrence upright and healthy uh, for as long as he's at Clemson in a Clemson Tiger jersey. The guy right behind him in the backfield is a gentleman that after last year, and it wasn't just in the uh, Fiesta Bowl between Ohio State and Clemson, but even prior to that game, everyone was looking at Travis Etienne saying, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to the league. He is that good. He's that elite. And his skill set is one that an NFL team will be drooling if they were able to get him in their in their organization. He did decide to come back to school and myself and I know I got a buddy, some guys on Twitter that are Miami Hurricane fans. One of them was highly upset because the Hurricanes, <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to get get back to where they were like, what, 20 years ago? Not not being not exaggerating. It's literally been 20 years since the Miami Hurricanes have been a, an elite program in college football. And he's like, man, he has to come back. We got to play him again next year and this and that and this and that. And as I watched Travis Etienne early in the season, during middle of the season, at the end of the season, I know Najee Harris is good. I know Brees Hall is good. Give me Travis Etienne all day, Ellis, because that man is a game changer. And at any given time, he can break it off and go for a deep run against anybody. In just a few moments, we'll pick up from where we left off in this conversation in the final segment. But before we get into that, 
Let me tell you about betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there's some big matchups this weekend. Obviously, we already know. We're already talking about one of them right now, the Clemson Tigers versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. The NFL regular season is finishing up with playoff picture becoming even clearer, uh, and it's super exciting to think about. But there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week, or are they shaping up to have a premier draft in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're back here. More of the conversation with Jay Stevens, host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, previewing the Sugar Bowl right here on Locked On Clemson. Passing game. We could talk all day about the Travis Etienne, his rushing ability, or even his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. 44 catches, 524, uh, 524 receiving yards on the season to date. And if this were a regular season with 12 games, 12 regular season games, then the ACC championship, you would be looking at an 1,000-yard rusher and a six 700-yard receiving regular season, including the 13th game for the ACC championship. I'm just showing how elusive and how crazy he is as a player. But the passing game of the Tigers, what could Buckeye fans expect to see from that part of the offense? Uh, you're going to see a lot of deep shots early on. Uh, Clemson wants to test a lot of secondaries, make sure uh, you guys are ready and buckled up. Ohio State's a very aggressive defense. They're going to come after you, press coverage, ready to go. Clemson's going to try to test that early on and hit deep down the field. Now, the thing about Clemson's passing game is that you're actually down three of your top receivers to start the year for pretty much the entire year. Justin Ross, as you all know, uh, was all, was you know he's out right now. He's had a con- uh, congenital neck injury issue. Uh, we're hoping that he can get cleared to play football again, not just this year, but in general, uh, it's that right, serious. Right. Uh, and then you also were down Joseph Ngata, a receiver who was looked at to be the replacement for him. Uh, Frank Latson's another five-star receiver who's been sidelined with various injuries this year. So you're playing with, uh, you know, more down the depth chart than you'd prefer. But somehow this Clemson team, even with Trevor Lawrence being out for two games, has actually surpassed the 2016 year of Clemson with Deshaun Watson in the national championship. You remember we played you guys then. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We've actually surpassed them with receivers that are not our top receivers. So I expect Clemson to be aggressive early on specifically uh, and, and be able to connect with some of those. Uh, they're also going to get you on those outside screens. Amari Rogers is the receiver that you're going to see a lot on that, a lot of misdirection type things. Clemson can hit on those. It could be a long night. If not, we'll, we'll see what happens with this Buckeye secondary. Any questions with the offensive line? Um, good. Are there good things that Tiger fans and Buckeye, well, excuse me, are there good, are there signs that Buckeye fans should say the Buckeye front should be happy and chopping at the bit to go up against the Clemson Tiger O-line? Or is a Clemson Tigers O-line one that should scare Buckeye fans? I, I don't really think it's going to scare them, to, to okay. be honest. I, I think coming in any time you're replacing four starters off of the offensive line from the year before, it's going to be an issue. And right now, the interior offensive line for Clemson is a little uh, lackluster. They, they've been challenged this year. This is one of the reasons why I talked about earlier, Travis Etienne not getting a lot of rushing yards. Just a lot of pressure from a lot of teams coming inside. Now, they've gotten better the last few games. We saw this against Notre Dame. 
Uh, very good front. Notre Dame's front seven is underrated. Uh, but they were able to do some things, again, primarily using Trevor Lawrence's legs uh, and keeping Travis Etienne out as an option in the flats for a passing game. Uh, you know, I think your front seven is going to be like, hey, we're licking our chops at this one. If we can stop them uh, from running the ball, we, you know, we can really, really make a difference in this game. I'm right there with you, man. On the other side of the ball, we went on the offense a little bit longer than I expected. Uh, so I'll try not to b- blow right through the defense because this is a, a big part of the game as well. On defense, I'll start in the front four. Please let me know and help me understand what makes Brian Brzee so good. Uh, he's just a big, nasty hog molly, man. <laughs> that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, he's a grown man coming out of high school, man. He's 6'6", 320, 15 pounds, uh, strong, nasty, got a mean streak in him. I think the the motor is what makes him good, though. I know he's a strong player. There's a lot of strong players out there. Uh, but his motor, he never quits. Uh, I looked to a play against Boston College where he was in the end zone. The only person in the end zone with quarterback ran him down, got a safety. Uh, he didn't even know he had the safety. He was just happy. He was a freshman running out there 100 miles an hour like a little puppy. But I think that is what makes him a transcendent player. I think he's going to be really good for the Tigers in the future. The linebackers, and I'm going to go a little bit quicker because I don't, I don't want to be uh, belaboring and going a little bit out t- outside of our time for the day. But the linebackers, you mentioned Mike Jones Jr. I believe he was out against Notre Dame. James Skowski, he's missed, I think, a couple games this year. And those absences, I think, really helped the depth of this Clemson Tigers team. Because you think about with, let's just say, Ohio State, recently last game against uh, Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. Baron Browning was out, uh, outside linebacker for a COVID-19 protocol. But Justin Hillier comes in, a team captain anyway, and played very, very well. Well, Clemson has had some of the same things, not so much for COVID, but they've had other players that have missed games for various reasons. And in most situations, and Ellis, I'm sure you know this, and most times if you lose your signal caller, your quarterback of the defense, or if you lose a guy in Mike Jones Jr., that plays a, a big a vital role, expect, not just on your defense, but especially with the way that today's offense is ran in college football. You're kind of nervous. You're, you're kind of taken back. You're a little uneasy about what's going to happen next because you're losing big pieces to your defense. It doesn't seem like this team misses a beat, Ellis, when they lose certain key pieces of their linebacking group. Uh, no, they definitely <laughs> they definitely felt it not having Skalski okay, for those okay. games. He had that sports hernia, uh, played a little bit against Virginia Tech. I think the first series, they wanted to hold him out, though, just because he got a little bit sore. The ACC championship, he looked full form again. He looked ready to go uh, midseason form. I think the linebacker core at Clemson is actually underrated. You got Balin Specter, another guy that's kind of like a clone of – Brian Berzee, just in smaller form, he's only about 6'2", 220, 230 pounds. A guy can fly, gets after it. And then you got Mike Jones, who is in that spot that a lot of people remember Isaiah Simmons. You're not going to get the same kind of production out of, out of Jones as Isaiah Simmons. That's just not going to happen. But that position is integral for Clemson because it helps them with their scheme, their front. It can change at any moment. They can go from running a 4-3 to a 4-2-5 because they can move him back to a safety spot. Right. Uh, so I think having those guys, and especially Jamie Skulls, a guy who is a, a maverick in the middle. He's able to call the plays, get everybody lined up. And that's one of the things, I don't want to spend too much time on that. That's one of the things Clemson has problems with. Any team that comes out in base offenses and Brent Venable is able to get the play out to the linebackers, Clemson gets that call, we're ready to go. We're going to stop you. But if teams are going with a little bit of tempo and Clemson's not able to get the play out and get lined up quickly, that's an issue. And this is specifically an issue when the younger guys were out there. But I agree, the depth has really you started to blossom for Clemson now that you've had those guys out, and I think that'll help them in this game. And then the secondary. And Buckeye fans, I think it was a couple – it's Tuesday when recording this, Tuesday evening. 
I want to say Monday or Sunday. I forget which day it was, but Buckeye fans were very, very happy to see Chris Olave back on the practice field. Chris Olave missed the Big Ten Championship game, and at times it was very, very apparent, and, and it was noticeable. Jay and I covered a lot in this conversation, and you'll definitely want to hear the full thing. Unedited, no frills, just talking football, baby. So make sure to go over to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast right now. Check out the full interview. And that will bring us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for sticking around with us, checking it out. We'll be back tomorrow for my final thoughts, a full episode on the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Sugar Bowl. We're going to get into it. I'm going to tell you everything I feel about it, why I said the game was going to be 38-24. Maybe different. Who knows? Uh, But thank you so much. As always, I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert, E-L-L-I-S. T-O-L-B-E-R-T for more conversation. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on these things as well. Maybe give me your prediction as well. Uh, Just make sure to hashtag it Locked On Clemson. Make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Clemson podcast. That way you can get the episodes as they drop, when they drop, five days a week. We're going to get you right with all things Clemson football and basketball. I'm super excited about it. Uh, we've got a great game this weekend. I'm already anxious for it. I can't. I can't. I wish it was now, right? Uh, but as Debo Swinney said, "Hey, the best is yet to come." All right, folks. Have a great night, and I will see you here tomorrow on Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go Tigers! <laughs>